I look at it as being the inside sleeve of an old-fashioned album. Share your story or someone will write it for you. Arrow.net. A-R-R-O-E.net. We are unplugged and totally uncut with Zach Bear. Arrow, how are you, man? Well, you know, one step at a time. We're all getting back to this new normal. Music is live uh, again. Man, I can't wait to even see more. I know. It's uh, It's been it's crazy, you know. I'm way overdue. Way overdue for it to uh, come back to some kind of normalcy. Did you have to recondition yourself? Because, I mean, you know, being, uh, you know, out of the, the circle there for a while, I mean, it's it's like, wow, I, this is what it's going to be about. Uh, I, mean, I think I reconditioned myself more for being holed up and, you know, trying to record stuff and, you know, not being on out and playing gigs. I, I mean, jumping back into playing live, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I couldn't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've got a gig in two weeks. It's first one in a couple of months, and, and you know, it's just like I can't get here soon enough. Well, I'll tell you what, I, sh- I, I have a different uh, uh, respect for those that do come to the performances because, I mean, now it, it's like I respect them more, and I, I love looking direct into their eyes where before, you know, you looked at the entire crowd. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right there with you. Yeah. Right there with you. The new song, Just Like Anyone, how did, how did you piece par- this this one together? Was it pieces, parts, or was it was it one where you guys all got together in the studio? Uh, actually, it, it was a wild hair. Um, <laughs> I had actually, um, I recorded um, a drum track. What? Played along with the, the original um, uh, song that was done by um, Soul Asylum. And I... I just got a wild hair and decided I was going to record it. So I recorded it. I played all the parts. I did all the vocals and all that stuff. And then sent it to, uh, sent it to Jody and said, what do you think? And she was like, Oh, I love it. You know, you you got, you should release it. So I actually then got serious about it and mixed it really well and got it mastered and, and there it is. <laughs> Don't you love those moments when, when you do the project by yourself? Because it's like, to me, it's like writing a book. You, you go in there and you, and each, each little instrument is, is a character in your story. Yeah. It's a chapter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. And uh, you know, it's, I don't know. It, it was really almost accidental. Um, I've got another single that I'm going to put out in the next couple of months, but it felt like it would be good to do in the interim. And I always thought that the song had such a good message and, um, the energy behind it is really cool. So, yeah, I just I did it for the heck of it. So, when was the last time that you personally remember that the guitar was just as much as important as as the uh, the hook of the song? I mean, because the the way that you you know the the song goes, you're going you're you're attracted to it. It keeps pulling you back into it. Uh, I've I've always been a guitar guy. I mean, I love um, especially love two guitar bands um, because it's it's just the momentum, I guess, of the guitars carries the music even if you have keyboards and under other instrumentations in there uh, instrumentation rather um I, i've always been a big guitar guy i just love uh, i love the sound of big guitars um i, I paid attention in, in the i guess the early 90s um and was fascinated you know at that time when uh the offspring would do um do a song and then find out that you know, they've laid 20 identical guitar tracks. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to lay 20 tracks, but um, <laughs> but the sound is just phenomenal if you do it right. Yeah. You know, and I just love that aspect of it. How do you keep yourself from being the perfectionist? Because, I mean, when you're doing it by yourself, I mean, it's it's you with that imagination. Uh, yeah, it's hard um, because I, 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 I'm super critical. <laughs> and the thing that I don't have patience for is like, you know, when I go and work with uh, Skid Mills, um, who was my producer for the EP that I did, um, you know, we would record these vocal tracks over and over and over and over and over again. 
And when I do it myself, I'm not that patient. <laughs> so I try to, I really try to nail the part and I'll do it two or three times, you know, or, you know, three or four times, but I won't do it like 18 times or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it, it really is hard not to be a perfectionist. And then I second guess myself to the point that, you know, I'll remix the song like 15, 20 times, or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just mess with it until finally I'm, I'm, I'm brain dead. And then I'll let somebody listen to it. And then if it sounds okay to them, then I'll finally say, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I, I can't do it anymore. When do you take it to the car to listen to it? Because, you know, that's the best studio on the planet. Absolutely. <laughs> take it to take it to the car and then take it to, uh, um, you know, the iPad. And I take it to uh, just a, you know, a PA that I have in one of my venues just to hear everything, you know, so. Um, I try to get a good good spectrum. Yeah, because and, and, you know the, the 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 irony is that it has to sound good yep. coming out of a speaker on an iPhone too. So I always I listen to that too. That's so interesting you say that because I'll I'll take this little JBL speaker that we uh, take uh, with us when we go uh, canoeing down the river, and I, and yeah. I, it's it's got to sound good through that too. Because if I'm going to get somebody on the water to listen to the music, it better sound good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's exactly right. So that that's not living in the future. I mean, that's not living in the present. That's putting yourself so far out there in the future with high hopes of people even, you know, discovering it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I figure that I've, you know, I've, I've, this is my fourth or fifth single, I think, in three and a half years. So I, I think people are starting to know who I am and yep. uh, they know the quality of, of the work. Um, and the types of songs that I like to do. So um, I, I guess I'm projecting that forward to make sure that those who do know me are not disappointed. And, you know, they would be like, oh, man, that last song you did was awesome, but this one sucks. You know, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> do you ever go in there and look at Alexa's numbers or series numbers and th- th- things like that to find, find out how many times people are, uh, you know, reaching out for you? Uh, say that again. I'm sorry, I lost you there for a second. Do you ever do you ever go in there with Siri or Alexa and and try to figure out how many times people are actually you know calling out your name? How are they discovering you? Nah, not really. I mean, really? I, I've got a I've got a um, a tracker that keeps track of um, uh, of airplay mm-hmm. that I use. It's called um, Warm W A R M like World Airplay or whatever it is monitor. So I got a good idea of you know, where geographically uh, the songs are being played. Um, and then I've, I've got, obviously, I've got like the artist Spotify thing that I can go in and see how many streams I'm getting. But um, really not, uh, other than that, not really, you know. Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about how, how radio and streaming have basically, you know, kind of replaced each other in the way that, I mean, one million plays on the radio versus one million streams. I, I would be all charged up with one million streams. Yeah, yeah, one million streams will get you about four hundred and fifty bucks. Is that it? You know, so wow. so it's streaming is terrible. Yep, um, it's changed the the it's changed the entire music industry, not for the good, um, in my opinion. Um, and I've had you know my music been streamed quite a bit, and literally in the four years or whatever that I've really been focusing on it, I've maybe made a thousand bucks from streaming, and that's a lot of streams. You know, I mean, it's not. It's not like 20 million or anything, but at the same point in time, it's just changed dramatically. And, you know, I still get my little checks from um, from ASCAP for, <laughs> for airplay, and they're little, but the, they still pay you more for radio plays yep. than they do for uh, for streaming. God, I remember when I, I remember when I was at iHeart, and if, if we had music on the HD channel of, 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 this, of the terrestrial radio, it was mm-hmm. paying even more. And, and to me, it was like, okay, well, that's, that's where we got to go. We got to get on exactly. those HD channels. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, that's always been the the HD channels have always been really interesting to me because I think they're still under underutilized yep. quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, um, I, th- I think it's because big business has taken over radio and not broadcasters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's just the the whole face of of radio has changed, unfortunately, and and the music business has changed, and you know, and, and there's there's good things and bad things. I mean, one of the good things I think is that the technology has gotten to the point where it's less expensive and less arduous for um, a lot of different um, uh, folks who want to be artists to, to try to make music, you know, mm-hmm. and record music. The downside is, is I really do think there uh, there still is a use for um, a, a label or um, label services to get through the glut of folks that think they're artists but really are not. Yep. And their, their music may not be as good as they they, they think it is, um, you know. So there's there's still a need out there for folks who really understand business and who understand music promotion, and who understand um, a really good talented artist when they see it and can commit and invest in that artist to to really bring them to full 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 spectrum. If that makes sense, it does. It does because you, you're starting to see it as well with with the musicians is because I, I I was with the group Future X which and all they talked about was the song hook. It had to be a pop song. I we needed to get people to listen to the instruments. And I'm going, oh my god, you're a Generation Z band and you're talking about the stuff that that really made classic rock rock and new rock rock. You know, and, and it's it's like okay, let's push this forward. Let's get more of this out here. Yeah, you, you, that's exactly right. I mean, and, and I still, to this day, you know, I have artists who write these incredibly complex progressive rock songs, which I, I enjoy it because I'm a rock guy and I yeah. like that kind of stuff, you know, but for the average listener, what they're listening to is something that emotionally um, and, and uh, uh, mentally um, hits them in the right manner and they develop a love for that song and they listen to it over and over again. And that's really what you want. The, the hooks are important. You know, the guitar hooks are important the the vocal hooks are important um uh, and the message in the song is important um good songwriting at the end of the day is i think it's what makes music timeless did you ever play by the rules of radio in the way that if you didn't get us that song hook in 25 seconds it was going into file 13 yeah not really i mean i you know i've always heard that but i i don't think i ever did it consciously Mm -hmm. but i've always written songs in a fairly particular way even though that my 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 musicians my my band guys will tell me that i write some messed up songs because they don't anticipate some of the changes but yeah, i never really thought about that but i think it falls in line with that mm-hmm. kind of by itself music has come under attack in fact it was just recently in front of uh, the government and they're going to take a, a, a bigger look into it the cost of concert tickets for people like bruce springsteen and stuff like that do you face things like that and how how is it as a musician do you, do you find yourself i support springsteen making that kind of money but at the same time it's not him it's it's the it's the promoter well, it's absolutely the promoter. Um, I mean, let's just call it. It is the promoter. Yeah. And, you know, you've seen artists like the Foo Fighters who raise hell because the ticket prices are too high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I'm a firm believer that I, I think that, you know, it's OK for an artist and a promoter and everybody in the, the chain of music um, to make money. But it's not OK for them to just gouge people and make ridiculous money. Um, and, you know, I, I can tell you from you know, playing a lot of gigs in Memphis, which is a, uh, a secondary market. It's not a, a major market. If you price the tickets too high, people won't come. Yeah. I mean, they just, you know, they're, you know, sadly, a lot of people around here don't have that kind of expendable income. So it's harder for them to come out and, and see a good show. I would rather have 
you know, a lower ticket price and a bigger turnout. Absolutely. Speaking it's of Me- speaking of Memphis, did you see that Elvis movie yet? I've not. Now, everybody has said it's fantastic. Dude, you know, it's the first time I've ever seen uh, somebody play the part of Elvis in the way that Elvis was a human being. And I mean, when that when that curtain closes and he looks up at the camera, I mean, it's like, oh, my God, he really did get tired. And it, it just echoes, you know, what, what we do as musicians and, and music makers is that when, when, when the curtain goes down, people don't know what's, what the next step is for us. No, they don't. They don't. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to see it. I've heard so many good things about it. Yeah, yeah. How often do you get back to Charlotte? Um, you know, I, I fly through there quite a bit going <laughs> going down to Florida, but I haven't had to get my feet on the ground in a long time, and I'm overdue. Um, I just I've always left Charlotte. You know, my birthplace. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. One of, one of the things that, that listeners need to know about you is that you, you were part of the instant live recordings. Do you think a Frampton Comes Alive would, would, would work again these days to, to bring the concert experience or are listeners smarter than that now? So, um, you know, in, in terms of um, in terms of an instant live product or just in general, just, you know, I mean, because I remember when Frampton Comes Alive came out. I mean, I had never experienced anything like that in my life. It was on fire. I mean, obviously, it made his career. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, I think a good live band, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and there are some phenomenal live bands out there, and um, you know, a, a few relatively new bands. I mean, I went out and um, who was it? I saw. I was pretty reckless, um, dude. I was blown away. I mean, <laughs> Taylor Momsen is a just a, a a badass, and her band is unbelievable. They they put on a performance. And they might be relatively, well, I guess they're not really not, they've been around for 10 years, but they're rock stars. Yeah. They know what they're doing. But yeah. bands like that and, and uh, Shinedown, boy, let me oh tell you. Oh my God, Shinedown, holy cow. Phenomenal band. Yeah. One of one of their guys, um, uh, I'm friends with him, uh, Zach Myers, he's here, he's from here in Memphis, known him for a, like a long time. But they're just, they're phenomenal. Their, their shows are great. The musicianship's great. They tell stories. You know, it's just a. That type of music, absolutely, you know, and and quite honestly, I've been trying to get instant live gigs with uh, with Shinedown now for ten years. <laughs> wow, wow! Another big entertaining band, the Avett Brothers from Charlotte here, and 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 so they, oh, yeah. they they just booked them for New Year's Eve, dude. It's sold out that that fast. Boom! The hometown wow. bands, it's coming home on New Year's Eve. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I love it. It's because of you guys that we have that connection, and and I'll tell you, there's there's such a a rock movement happening. It's just that radio hasn't found it yet. Either that, or they don't have the program directors and music directors in place to to, to bring it forward. But man, when you sit there and you 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 scan the, the you know going online and stuff, it's there. The new music is there, and you're a part of it. Oh, it's coming back. I mean, there's no no question that 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 rock is coming back solid and guitar oriented rock, especially is coming back. Yep. Yeah. Go over and talk to Sam Ash or, or, or the guitar center. They'll tell you they can't keep those damn guitars in stock. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so what's the website where people can go to find out more about you? They can go to, um, Zach bear music.com and that's Z a C H B a I R music.com. Um, they can also visit facebook.com forward slash, Zach Bear official, Z-E-C-H-B-A-I-R official. And it's the same thing for YouTube and same thing for Instagram. Oh, All the goodies. I love it, man. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Zach. The door is always going to be open for you, dude. I would love to. And you're just, uh, you're awesome. And it's really good to talk to you and, uh, and uh, you know, revisit my Charlotte route, so to speak. Absolutely, man. Will you be brilliant today, okay? Uh, awesome, brother. Thanks so much, Errol.